Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. I'm so glad to be here speaking with you today. I've had the pleasure of meeting most of you here, but for those I haven't met, my name is Corey Cabello. I am a part of the, of the Akuo community, and I've been a part of this church's journey since the beginning. My family and I were in the audience when Humby shared his heart and vision that day at City Tribe. I also am a part of this neighborhood. I live a few blocks away from here. You can sometimes catch me walking while my kids ride their scooters on Sundays. That's not raining or scorching hot. I'm the mom of two rambunctious kids, Joaquin is four and Eleanor is three. I'm a wife to Steve Gonzalez. You may have seen him playing the cajon or drums up here occasionally. A little bit more about me. I have a very large and supportive Hispanic family. My sister and her family are a part of our church community. My extended family is the type to show up to every event possible. And this has been a lifelong support system I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family that prioritized God in church. Both my dad's side and my mom's side were heavily involved in church life. And we found ourselves, we often found ourselves in the same churches. I consider a lot of my cousins more like siblings. I was never far from my family until I ventured a whopping three hour drive away from home to Texas A&M. When I got to school, I was dead set on finding a church to belong to, and I found one right away. This, was, this church was different from the ones that I had gone to growing up, and it was here that I got a new perspective on my faith. It was here that I learned I could have a different type of relationship with Jesus. I'm not here to say that I've been a perfect Jesus follower. My faith has been tested a time or two, and I will admit that my relationship with Jesus took a, a back seat to partying. Sorry, mom and dad. But deep down, I always knew that Jesus was waiting for me to come exactly as I was and to pick up where we left off and move forward. A few other things that I'd like to share with you is that I'm a people pleaser. I'm a perfectionist and a pessimist. These traits can add a lot of stress on my everyday life. I value presentation and I put a lot of stock in what people think of me and what I'm presenting. If things aren't perfect or if they don't meet my expectations, I'd rather walk away from it and just not present what I have. I struggle with this constantly. Example, I really like to bake. I've made cakes for my kids, uh, for their parties, for school bake sales, and it's a long winding road for me to get to a place where I'm happy with final product. Steve has taken the brunt of my pessimism in times like this, but lucky for me, he's a natural optimist and can balance me out. I'm pretty sure that's one reason God sent him to me. This part of me rears its ugly heads when I, when I throw parties for my kids. For the past four years, roughly twice a year, I stress and I panic about parties that my kids most likely don't remember yet. I've definitely said the phrase, we need to cancel this party, it's not good enough. My brain knows that my kids would be over the moon for pizza, store-bought cupcakes, and the cardboard box that the Bluey toy got shipped in. 
I worry about how clean things are. I stress about the decorations and if they look good enough for our guests. I panic that we didn't get enough food and drink. And I know Steve is thinking to himself, why are you the way you are? By now, some of you might be asking, why is this person talking to us? And that's a great question. One I asked myself many times. A little over a month ago, Humby sent me a text asking if I would speak to you all about my favorite story about Jesus. When I read that text, my blood ran cold. <clears throat> I sent back the gif of Homer Simpson disappearing into the bushes, acting like he's not there. My mind raced with questions and doubt. Did he send this to the wrong quarry? You know I don't speak to people for a living, right? Is this a joke? Am I being punked? Do I have anything to offer this community? See, my pessimistic self out in full effect. My job doesn't require me to present much. I might lead a meeting or present a slide or two for training, but to speak to a community of people like you is completely out of my wheelhouse. Oh, and don't get me started on the fact that this talk will forever live on the internet. Stressful. But for some crazy reason, the response out of my mouth was not a big, oh heck no. Instead, I went radio silent for two weeks. After these two weeks, Humby sent me a message asking if I had thought any more on speaking. Instead of saying, oh, I'm busy that day, I have to wash my hair, I said yes. With what you've just learned about me, was the first thing that came to your mind was, she's a glutton for punishment, because that's what I thought too. And I also thought, poor Steve, he's going to have to deal with a monster on a roller coaster of emotions until after this service. But here I am with you today. During the two weeks of radio silence, I was reading through the gospels, trying to figure out what my favorite Jesus story is. Yet again, the doubt rushed over me. If I don't have a favorite story about Jesus just ready to go, should I even be doing this? For some reason, I highly suspect Jesus. The story of Martha and Mary stayed in the forefront of my mind. It may have been in my head because we have what Steve calls a church joke about how people, <laughs> about people need to stop being Martha's. For example, a few months ago, we had a kickball game here in the field after service. And while the game was going on, an A-team member named Alex wouldn't stop cleaning up and putting things away to play with us. We would yell at him, stop being a Martha, come play. Kind of silly and lame, yes, but it's a church joke. It's on par with the dad jokes that this congregation is well accustomed to with Humby. We find the story of Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10, after Jesus sends out his disciples, he gives, a new, he gives us a new commandment and the story of the Good Samaritan. You can read along in your Bible or, you, or on your phone or follow along on the screen. Verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Oof, 
I can totally see myself in one of the sisters in this story, and it wasn't the one sitting at Jesus' feet. I'm the one in the house, stressing over the food, making sure the table was set properly, making sure the house is in order and clean. I kind of picture it like this. I send out an invitation to San Antonio's own Big Three while they're away on a road trip. And lo and behold, they accept my offer and come over. I would for sure have no chill in my body. I would be so busy cleaning, cooking, pulling out the good china, cleaning some more, cooking some more. I mean, the big three would be at my house, eating food I prepared. And instead of being cool and taking in all the spurs inside, cloop, uh, inside, inside scoop, I would for sure be consumed by my thoughts. Did I make the food they like? Is my house good enough? Do they like my china pattern? I need to sweep that patch of floor because I know they're staring at it. P.S. I don't own China, but it's integral to this fantasy about, the Spur about these Spurs legends. And then before you know it, the night is over, the big three leave, and I'm left cleaning, having missed an opportunity of a lifetime to sit and talk and be in community with a trio that meant a lot to me and the city. So back from that little fantasy, Let's dive into this story and see what we can learn. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. We know that Jesus was in the throes of his ministry at this point, and he's going from town to town, teaching his father's word and showing people that he's the Messiah. I can only imagine how Martha felt when Jesus and the disciples took her up on that offer to come to her house. She must have been so proud that they said yes. I certainly would be. I imagine her pride was quickly overthrown by anxiety. For me, to ease my anxious heart, I would have whipped out my ancient dry erase board and my dry erase marker to start my to-do list. Pick up the house, sweep the dirt floor, mill the grain, make the bread. Do they like sourdough or will an artisanal loaf do? Go to the market, buy a fish or two, clean the fish, cook the fish, get the wine. Do we need cushions to sit on? Clean up the dishes. Do we need more wine? The list must have gone on and on in her brain. And I would guess that as the, as the disciples and Jesus were there, the list kept growing and growing, right along with her anxiety. She needed to be hospitable. It was the custom of her time. According to the Jewish virtual library, in ancient Israel, hospitality was not merely a question of good manners, but it was a moral institution. The biblical customs of welcoming a weary traveler and of receiving strangers in one's midst was the matrix out of which hospitality and all its tributary aspects developed into a highly esteemed virtue in Jewish tradition. Martha understood the importance of being a good host. It was part of her culture. It was part of the Jewish custom. It was equal to a moral institution. That seems intense, right? That morals were tied to being hospitable? This is still true today of Jewish people. I have a cousin who spent a year in Tel Aviv, Israel as a part of her college degree. She went to this foreign country alone, but she was met with hospitality. She's told us stories of how a family that she was connected to by a friend of a friend of a friend 
met her at the airport on her first arrival and took her to the university after only speaking on the phone. This man and his family opened their home to her on multiple occasions. When students would leave campus to return home for the Jewish holy days, this family made her feel a part of their own, even though their cultures and faith were different. Last Christmas, this family took my cousin to Nazareth, the actual city that Jesus grew up in, to visit a Christmas market. They also went out of their way to decorate their home with presents wrapped in Christmas paper under a Mylar Christmas tree balloon. As you can see, hospitality was ingrained in their culture and it's still alive today. So let's continue reading this story. Verse 39, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Something that really stood out to me here was that Luke only referenced the disciples in the very first verse of this story and nowhere else. When talking about Jesus's teaching, we only hear about Mary sitting at Jesus's feet. Constable's commentary states that Mary took the traditional place of a disciple, seating herself at Jesus's feet to listen and learn. Normally, rabbis did not permit women to do this in Jesus' day. When I was younger, I only learned about the 12 male disciples and didn't know that women were really in the mix. But here we read that Jesus is talking and teaching, not to the male disciples, but to Mary. Mary was listening and learning. And this was so out of cultural norms of the time. But but what Jesus came to earth to do was to shake up tradition. It was countercultural to allow women to listen and learn. This was Jesus reframing the culture. Let's finish reading this story and see how Jesus and Martha's interaction went down. Verse 40 goes on to read, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. So the first time I read this, I was thinking, Martha totally must be the older sister, right? It's a total big sis move. She had to run and tattle that the little sister wasn't doing what she was supposed to be doing. But what I love in this verse and that is that Jesus didn't react like my mom might have in saying, Denise, get up and help your sister right now. He did not call to Mary and say, you know what, Mary? Your sister is right. Your place in our culture is to be hospitable, so you need to get up and help your sister. We can see him slowly chipping away at these traditions. He's getting ready for his followers to settle into a reframed culture that he is setting up. Let's read how he responds to Martha's plea for help. Verse 41 and 42. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. I love how we see how gentle and caring Jesus is in this moment. He was not short with Martha about, Harry, how, about how Mary got it right and she got it wrong. My dear Martha, he said. He called her my dear. I love that term of endearment. He is so understanding and caring to her in this moment. Other translations have that he said, Martha, Martha. He said her name twice. And as we've learned over, the past, over this past year from other sermons, 
When we see that Jesus said something twice, we know it's something we need to focus on. So where is he directing our attention? He wants us to see how being wrapped up in the details of this visit was the wrong place to put the focus. It's so easy to focus on the wrong things. It's so evident in our current season. You guys, the holidays are busy. I feel it, I know you all feel it. Stores are packed, shoppers are looking for just the right gift. Parties are happening every weekend. Most of these things are trivial and take all of our attention when we should be focused on the reason for the season. Jesus went on to tell Martha, you're focused on the wrong things here, my dear. I felt like he was talking right to me. This past weekend was an especially busy weekend for me. We had Eleanor's very first dance recital, an orchestra concert, birthday party. I served in Koo Kids this weekend, and we had a worship team Christmas party. And what made this weekend especially difficult was that Steve was out of town on a trip with his dad, uncle, and brother. When he planned this getaway, all of these events weren't on the calendar yet. So it seemed like it would be a really good weekend for him to get away. And that wasn't the case, was it? Taking care of two young kids is difficult enough as a united front, but now I'm at it alone. On top of that, I'm writing my very first sermon and it was just stress upon stress. There's a reason that the holidays have a reputation of being difficult and I played right into it. Dr. Constable's commentary states, giving humble attention to Jesus's word is of primary importance. This is a better way to serve him. This passage should be a warning to disciples who tend to be too active in Christian service and neglect the word of God. It should also remind us that busyness, even with legitimate pursuits, can hinder our relationship with Christ. Well, if that isn't the swiftest kick to the rear, I'm not sure what would be. My attentions of being a part of everything I was invited to was not bad, but my focus was misplaced. I didn't take the time to check in with Jesus like I should have. And in doing so, I missed out on a blessing of a stress-free weekend. I've heard the story of Martha and Mary many times, but this time God revealed something new to me. He showed me just how much Jesus shook up traditions. He reframed the cultural norms. He allowed us to sit at his feet and receive his blessings, which is a direct line to God the Father. Y'all, Mary got it. She had firsthand experience that Jesus was taking things in a different direction, and she was in awe of it. I'm reminded of a worship song we've sung here at Akua a few times. It's called Nothing Else. The first line says, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. For the past few months, Akuo has been setting aside a few minutes each service for a listening moment. It's a time for us to allow Jesus to speak to us. This is kind of hard for me to do. When the speaking stops and the instrumental music begins, it's when my mind seems to wander the most. But I really do want that holy moment with Jesus, just like this song describes. I just really struggle with it. So during today's listening moment, I want us to ask Jesus a question. Ask him to show you the details that keep you from sitting at his feet. And if he reveals them to you, ask him to help redirect your focus. If you find, yourself, if you find your mind wandering, that's okay. Jesus is patient and he's not annoyed when we repeat questions. If you need to repeat it to reframe your focus, do it. 
and know that you're not alone. I'll be doing it right along with you. So right now, we are going to pause and listen to what Jesus has to tell us. Father, we thank you for who you are and that you love us enough to shake up the traditions. We ask that you show us every day the details that cloud our minds with worry. And we ask that you would help us get out of our own way to sit at your feet and listen to your words. Give us a holy moment that we would never want to leave. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10 reminds us that God saved you by grace when we believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so that none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Let's look at verse nine again. Salvation is not a reward for good things that we have done. We have a direct access to the Father in heaven by faith. I am so grateful to be here with you today. I am grateful to have the opportunity to share my perspective on this Bible story, and I hope you got something from it. If you're still wondering what Jesus meant in this story about the blessings that won't be taken away from you, I would love to tell you. It's easy to get this blessing. It's through simply believing we have access with, to be with God in heaven for eternity. If this sounds like something that you can get behind, you can have a conversation with God, which we call a prayer, and say, Jesus, I believe in who you say you are. I believe you're the son of God who came to this earth as a baby, grew up from a kid to a man on this earth, and you pay the price of my sins on the cross and rose again on the third day so that I can have eternal life with you in heaven. I thank you for this blessing that I know will not be taken from me. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for being the gentle and loving Father we all need. God, right now, we ask that you continue to show us the details that get in the way of having a deep, connected friendship with you. We are so thankful that you give us the chance after chance to get it right. We love you, Jesus. Hey, Okuo, can we give Corey a huge thank you for bringing such an amazing message to us today. Let's go ahead and show her some appreciation by tossing some emojis down in the chat, some fire emojis, some fist bumps. And I just want to say, Corey, on behalf of all of Okuo, thank you for being a part of our community and making room for God to use you here with us. 
We love and appreciate you so much. Now, before I let you go, there are a few things that you're gonna wanna know about that are coming up here at Akuo within the next few weeks. The first of which is our upcoming online Christmas Eve service. On Saturday, December 24th, we will be having an online Christmas Eve service that will be streaming on our YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram pages. This means that the following day, Christmas Sunday, we will not be having a service. We will be online only. So we wanna encourage you to use this time to really love on the people around you this Christmas day, or maybe even catch up on the service that happened the day before. Whatever you decide to do that day, we just hope that you enjoy celebrating and centering yourself around the person of Jesus this Christmas. The following Sunday on New Year's Day, we will be completely off. We wanna take the first Sunday of the year to really listen to God. So we're giving it to the Lord and want to encourage you to do the same thing. We wanna encourage you to spend that Sunday listening to whatever God may be speaking to you regarding this upcoming year. So please make some time to spend it with your families listening at the start of the new year. You can even listen by checking out any other church services going around the community that day as well. Then on the following Sunday, January the 8th, mark this on your calendar, guys, we will be having our first service of the year inside of the gym. So make sure to come and check it out as we are so excited for what God wants to do in there this coming year. And before the year winds down completely, I wanna celebrate and thank you all for being such an amazing community to listen to God, love people, and link to our community with it's been incredible to see how God has moved through you all throughout the entirety of the year, especially through your generosity. You see, because of you, just within the past month, we have been able to connect with several organizations to help the community that we are a part of. We were able to provide backpacks full of supplies and countless Christmas gifts to Christian Assistance Ministry for families in need during the season. And because of your generosity, we were able to provide 30 Thanksgiving meals to our senior citizen neighbors over across at the Sorrento Apartments and 33 Thanksgiving turkeys for the families here at Upbring's Head Start School right across the street. And because of how you all listen to God, we were able to pay off $1,000 worth of breakfast and lunch debts made by students who couldn't afford to purchase meals over at Brooks Academy. You see, your generosity has allowed Akuo to be able to provide assistance to families when they need it the most. We've been able to keep lights on, phones working, bus passes valid, and even roofs over the heads of the people that God loves and values so infinitely much. Not only that, we've been able to partner with and help several different church plants and nonprofit organizations that are helping spread the message and the kingdom of Jesus not only here in San Antonio, but also around the world. Akuo, the reason we are able to link to our community in all of the amazing ways we've been able to is because you give to God's kingdom movement and you trust that God wants to work through you here at Akuo. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. Now, I know Pastor Humby says it all the time, but I want to re-emphasize it. We don't really care how you are giving. What we really care about and really want is for you to be listening to and talking to God to see how much and in what ways he wants you to be giving. Now, if you aren't quite sure where to start, 
you can follow one of the many ways of expressing your generosity here at Akuo through the biblical method of giving called tithing. All that means is just giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. This is a great starting place to begin if all of this is new to you. Now, we also don't want this to be a burden for you. That was never the intent of giving. In fact, God's desire for us giving is that it would be done as an act of faith in celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus, not an exchange where you give something so that God will give you something in return. We give because Jesus gave himself to us first, and that is always a reason to celebrate. Now, Celebrating through giving might not be a real possibility for you right now. We get that. We understand that sometimes life can get really hard, and that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, I want you to know that we are here for you, and we want to be linked to you during this difficult season. So if you need anything at all, please, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. All you have to do to do that is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, and you can also call or text a church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, one of the ways you can do that is by going over to our website, akuo.church. Once you're there, just click on the giving link and follow the instructions that come up. We also have a text to give option where all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and give the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. We even have an option if you don't wanna give electronically and prefer to go old school by sending your gift via check. For that, all you have to do is mail a check to our P.O. Box at Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's it. As you guys go, I would like to remind you that we love and appreciate each and every single one of you, whether you'd call yourself a part of our community or maybe not yet. Just know that we're praying for you now, and we're also praying for you throughout the week. So if you would allow me, I'd like to pray over you one more time before you head out. So Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone tuning in. And I pray that as we each go our separate ways, that we would be pursuing you and spreading your message throughout the world. Lord, would you remind us of your presence everywhere that we go and allow us to listen to what you are speaking to us. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray, amen. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you now. We will see you online for our online Christmas Eve service that's happening online. All right, see you on Saturday. Peace. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.